0: That's all we had to do. Mike.
1: Mike, Mike. Mike?
0: It's not getting great. I'm getting you. Hello.
1: Are you getting me, Mike? well I need just one, Mike. Yeah, it's getting me. I think it's that mic that's getting you, because I moved
0: this
1: one. Are you getting me? Are you? Fu- I thought this one wasn't plugged in. This one's not plugged in. I thought you got unplugged it. I did. So how is this mic king? <laughs> it's not, so it's that mic over there is Mike, that is it's picking my voice up perfect. from way the fuck over here.
0: So well, apparently I need to like. Well now it's getting me.
1: Yeah okay I think we're good. Let's see about it how now. How
0: about now? Hello. Well
1: now it's getting me. Okay, am I still being gotten? I think we're both gotten. We're doing trouble. The dogs are being troublemakers. Oh. Charlie Barley. What's up, buddy? Hi, buddy boy. Yeah, it's definitely getting me. He's
0: not for you. Okay. I can edit all of this. It's only a yeah. couple of minutes. No, I know. Okay. Uh, you want to bring us in?
1: Hey, everybody. How you doing? This is Dave, and welcome to Club by Classics.
0: Hello. This is Diana Delilah.
1: Today, we are doing a classic?
0: We are always doing classics
1: piece of French literature, and having read a bit of French literature, I'm not sure very many actually qualify with the tag of classic, but...
0: Okay, we need to define classic, then. How are we defining classic?
1: I mean, I, I, I don't mind the standard a- academic definition, but then I also don't mind mocking them for it. Okay,
0: what is the standard academic definition of classic? And I'm asking you because you're actually an academic.
1: Um, That's a fair definition. It's funny, I think a lot of, like, of academics would prevaricate on that do exactly okay. what i'm doing him and Ha beat around the bush and uh-huh. well there's this and then there's that um i would say that m- what most people would put in the category of classics um depending on what academic you're talking to many of them are going to be written by european authors which is a travesty it's a, just to start with it's a travesty we don't have more people like gabriel garcia marquez or Pablo neruda or some of the great african and african-american authors like zora neale hurston included in classics just to start with um so most of them are going to be be written by either englishmen or frenchmen some by russians they're usually pretty widely read uh, uh frequently most average people find them dreadfully boring frequently they use a lot of words and go on ad nauseum, like i'm doing exactly right now okay i am going to actually read to you yeah just define it please this is from wikipedia Classic book. Mm-hmm.
0: They're defining classic books. Okay. A classic is a book accepted as being exemplary or particular, particularly noteworthy. What makes a book a classic is a concern that has occurred to various authors, ranging from Italo Calvino to Mark Twain, and the, the related question of why read classics and what is a classic. Have been essayed by authors from different genres and eras the ability of a classic book to be reinterpreted to seemingly be renewed in the interests of generations of readers succeeding its creation is a theme that is seen in the writings of literary critics including blah 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 these books can be published in a collection or presented as a list such as blah 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 in other words lots and lots and lots of words for a book that lots of people thought was good
1: right so
0: but we can't define it right yeah
1: because classic is the hard term to define so So we're doing a all of your prevaricating and Mm -hmm. noviating over
0: there on what is a classic book of literature is correct Mm -hmm. that's what makes it a classic Mm -hmm.
1: so we're doing the classic piece of french literature les miserables
0: oh because we are doing a french book i am going to correct you pronounced it in a very American English.
1: I'm proud of that. You should. be. Yeah. Uh, so America.
0: The pronunciation is le...
1: Le... Miserable. Miserable. Yes. Huh. Yeah. It is French for the miserable. Right, which is how you feel reading this fucking book.
0: Yes. The title does not refer to the characters. It <laughs> refers to the readers right. of this fucking miserable book. Now uh-huh. yeah, for the rest of this, I'm just going to call it Les Mis, yeah. because Les Mis lab sounds very, very, very pretentious,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I like to be very, very, very pretentious, but I'm
1: not going No, and no. you don't need to have marbles in your mouth the whole goddamn show. And let's be frank, to speak no. French, you need marbles in your mouth.
0: You need marbles in your mouth, and you need to speak from your throat.
1: Mm-hmm. And probably have mashed potatoes in the back of your throat
0: you need to be clearing your throat constantly because mm-hmm. their r's are either very nasally or they're all the way
1: yeah yeah, wow. yeah.
0: cats speak french very well yes <laughs>
1: <laughs> ah, fair yeah yeah wow yeah yes and this was of course written by the amazingly classic french author victor hugo who you might also know mm. as as the author of The Hunchback of Notre Dame.
0: Which I have not read.
1: And you probably shouldn't bother, but we will get there. I'm sure it's on our list. I think it's all writing on our list.
0: We will eventually get to Hunchback. And again, The Hunchback of what?
1: Notre Dame. Notre Dame, Mm. yes,
0: you have to. No problem. You have to really get the, like yeah, expat. that like your exact
1: that French that that back of the throat are in French is hard yes. for me, which is why I never bother to say the French words it's so because it's impossible.
0: I took French in junior high and she really really worked with us on not rolling our Rs and on getting those all the way in the back of your throat because she was also the Italian teacher. and i think the spanish teacher and in those languages you you do the and i
1: speak spanish Spanish well and i speak italian a little bit
0: i i speak french almost none mm -hmm. but i can read french like i can read what the pronunciation should be Mm. i can't tell you what most of the words are but i understand the pronunciation of french and i'm also fairly good at spanish and italian pronunciation i speak less italian than french mm-hmm. and i can swear a little bit in spanish
1: which by the way speaking of artist that is also my advice for if you want to sound like a Wookiee: yawn and trill your r <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> i would rather speak wookie
1: same yeah anyways we are we're, we're prevaricating <laughs> and bloviating so we don't have to get talking about this Awful oh, yes. fucking novel.
0: Let's avoid it more. Right. Actually, so off-air, off we were talking about how this book was eventually made into a musical, mm-hmm. which I did not watch. No. David, have, you watched.
1: I have seen the musical version. Uh, the one I have seen, actually, I've seen two versions of this. Okay. Um, there is a live-action movie version that has Liam Neeson as I believe he is Jean Valjean, but I could be wrong, and right. Claire Danes as Cosette claire Danes. and it was not a that movie is not terrible okay it's not one that i have rewatched since i saw it the first time okay But having gone into it thinking, ugh, they Miz, it's a musical. Just to to preface, I hate (laughs) musicals. I think musicals are the stupidest fucking thing. Don't sing me the plot, tell me the plot. Act the plot.
0: I happen to like musicals in in general. Not always, but in general, live shows, I do like a musical.
1: I don't care for them. And then the musical I've seen is the one from, God, it's probably 15 years ago now. With Hugh Jackman as Jean Valjean. Yeah, it
0: was uh, like ten years.
1: I think it was around 2015. I think it's older than that. I think oh. it's closer to 2008. Oh fuck, I'm oh. old. Yeah. Okay. Um. And uh. Anne Hathaway as Cosette. Who I? Love. Who's she's great. Yes.
0: I, I have not seen her in that role. Yeah. But I mean Anne Hathaway. Yeah. I I would listen to her reading me the phone book.
1: Listen or watch as she read the phone book. Oh. Same.
0: Because she is adorable, but she's also a really
1: good actress. Yes, she is. And then in the role of Javert, the, the, the fucking pig, mm-hmm. is Russell Crowe. who, okay. As I told you before, Russell Crowe couldn't carry a tune in the bucket if you gave him both the bucket and put the fucking tune <laughs> in the bucket for him. He
0: would still trip and fall and knock the tune out of the
1: bucket. Yes. Yeah. It would be, the tune would be all over the place, and he would be as pitchy as ever.
0: See, and I'm not an actor, so maybe my opinion here to not be too judgy of people who can't sing because i mean to me i mean you talked about he couldn't carry a tune in a bucket if you gave him the bucket with the tune already in it i would drop that bucket long before you handed it to me
1: and see i'm not i'm I not don't sing. i'm not making a claim to be poverty i know. am making um, a claim
0: that i cannot carry a tune
1: but I have been playing music for the vast majority of my life and have sung a little bit. I'm not a great singer,
0: but I can't hear the difference between a C and a D or
1: a B. I mean, you're a lesbian, of course you can't hear the d I d I don't like the D <laughs> no. Anyways. I'm sorry, that was just sitting right fucking See, there. I'm gonna set the D on the
0: table. Dave is gonna
1: take the D. Indeed, I will always take the D. Dave will
0: always take the D. Five
1: are such good friends. Right. Dave will always take the D and I will always sing no over the D. Right, exactly. We so can be good women. Right. Yeah. But no, so to the point that I was making, I mean I don't claim to be a, a an expert level musician. Okay. But I can sing a little, I can play instruments. So, Choices were made for that movie. Uh, I think they were
0: made based made. on the fame of those particular actors at the time the movie, the movie was
1: made. Right, but they let them sing during the filming and didn't bother with any voiceovers which by me means I t- i'm sure they were playing the music in the background for them and hugh jackman does his best hugh jackman is actually as much as i don't like musicals hugh jackman's a great singer mm-hmm. the man has a good voice he's a good actor even in that hugh jackman does not come across.
0: now you said earlier that the music for this was done by weber I really okay um and then we talked a little bit about some of his others i feel like even though they're not books right. we're going to have to do some reviews on cats and on phantom of the opera
1: see that one i would watch with you again i saw a musical version of that from my guess it was the one that was made early 2000s there was one that was made a theatrical for, for for movie theaters okay i've seen that and it was not terrible, but I not care music.
0: I was not thrilled with the theater, like going to the movie theater version. Okay. Of that, I was like, yeah, that's fine. That's a perfectly good musical, whatever. I grew up on the music. I knew all of the songs already. Okay. But I wasn't thrilled when I went to see it live. Uh, a few years ago, it came to Portland, and mm-hmm. my wife bought me tickets. Which I'm going to tell a whole story here. Yeah, so, go I have a story, and I'm okay. going to tell the story.
1: You're a better storyteller than Kerouac. Go
0: I am a much better storyteller than Kerouac. Listen to the last <laughs> episode, you'll understand. Um, so, my wife had bought these tickets, mm-hmm. and she wanted to surprise me. She knows that I have an attachment to the musical because of my mother, who I was extremely close to. Right. And my mother had passed away by this point, and because she knew about this attachment, she went out and she bought this... Cute little treasure box, a little tiny tiny treasure box, like something you will put on your, your dresser, and you might put a few rings, rings in tiny, it. Tiny, tiny treasure box, right? I love box. I love little treasure boxes. I really do. I have several of them. Sure. So she went out and bought this cute little tiny inexpensive treasure box, and then she took some cardstock white paper, thick thick cardstock, okay, and cut it and folded it into the shape of the mask from phantom
1: holy fuck
0: and then she i'll show it to you later i still have this that's the only thing in that little box i still have the box and the little mask okay and just put that little paper mask into the box that's all and then she brought it home and it was like my birthday or mother's day or something uh it must have been my birthday because it was there was only a present for me so it must have been my birthday and not like christmas right she brought it home she has me a little box and I open it and then I'm like, Oh, a cute little treasure box. And she's like, no, open the box and I open it. And I was speechless because this is Phantom of the Opera. Right. And I'm like, no,
1: <laughs> no,
0: no, no, you did uh, not buy me phantom tickets because it's coming to Portland and we had talked about it and I'm like, I don't want to spend that kind of money. Those are, you know the box seats are like 50 bucks a ticket right i don't want to spend that no we have to drive all the way to portland that's like an hour and a half right we'll have to get in a hotel because we're old and we're not driving back at night right. and no just just no we're just no we're not gonna do that uh yeah i think our sand has gone out um uh. shit
1: fuck you were in a flow oh there, there it
0: is again there it is i think the uh, thing is blocking it okay. okay so anyway so i open this little box and it has the little mask in there and i'm like no no right, right. no and she says yeah. yes and then she hands me an envelope with the tickets in it <laughs> the tickets were like
1: fourth row i
0: think fifth row i mean we're talking Right up in the front.
1: Oh, she got you like.
0: These are like fourth or fifth row.
1: Like orchestra pick tickets. These right are. Right down.
0: Orchestra tickets. Oh my god. These are. You Who can touch the actors kind of tickets. Ugh. These are like $150 the a ticket. And they're center. <sighs> These are like sixth row, or not even six, like fifth row center. Yeah, we're talking. More. I think they were like C. No, they were like D, D or E. So, so four or five. Four or five. These are way up front, center row oh. tickets.
1: Oh, that's awesome. awesome.
0: So of course we dress up because we're going to fucking Phantom. Right. Which I always dress up to go to the theater anyway. Yeah, fair. We go to Portland. We and then. So have you ever seen
1: Phantom? No. Well, only in, in a movie.
0: Okay, so there is a, at the beginning, well not at the beginning, there is a scene in Phantom where um, the uh, chandelier drops. Yeah. Okay. It drops on the audience. Oh, that's so cool. We were sitting directly under the chandelier as it drops.
1: Oh, that's so cool.
0: And the people on the stage are acting, obviously, but they're, if you watch the show, they're gasping. Right. As it drops. And so it's this dramatic scene oh that's cool and we are right there it was amazing
1: just amazing that's incredible and not at all to, so amazing to you know that was a wonderful story and i love listening to you tell a story but we've spent 16 minutes here and i think we've talked about les miserables <laughs> twice for uh, about you know, 30 minutes. now seconds. that it made us miserable yes
0: <laughs> okay so let's let's uh first what is the basic storyline of les miserables
1: so the way that I recall it being laid out, and I think you've probably gone more into this than I have recently, because I only got about halfway through. Okay um, it's based around three and a half-ish main characters. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: Jean Valjean,
1: who is sort of the main protagonist, yes, who is at the beginning of the novel in a French work colony because he has stolen a loaf of bread. Oh, Actually, no. no. In the later.
0: beginning, he has just gotten out of. Or the, he's just getting um, out. He is never in jail in this
1: book. Right. He's just getting out of jail as, yeah. the, as the novel starts.
0: So Jean Valjean is the main character. Um, throughout he... the story, he meets this woman Fantine. Eventually, he takes care of her daughter Cosette. Yeah. He is throughout the entire story being pursued by a police officer. Uh... Inspector
1: Javert.
0: Javert. Thank yeah. you. So that is the premise of the story. You're following this character, Jean Valjean, as he turns his life around after being a criminal.
1: Right. And the backdrop of this is that he was put into prison somewhere either during one of the Napoleonic reigns, and by Napoleonic, I mean Napoleon I, not Louis Napoleon. So he was put into prison for, I think it was like 15 or 17 years for Mm -hmm. stealing a loaf of bread. Yes. And this entire story is over the backdrop of two of the three French revolutions. Yes.
0: Uh, and it actually takes place over those revolutions. Right, right over the top. Um, of the it gets into some details even of uh, the Battle of Waterloo at one point. comes into this. Mm-hmm.
1: Right, right, because that sets up the backstory of
0: Cosette's <sighs> <Like the master sighs> first We're going to get there. Yeah, we will we'll get, get there. there right. uh, so as the story opens. Um. First of all the preface. Yes. The preface of this book is the length of a paragraph written in one sentence. Yes. That tells you everything you need to know about this book.
1: Yes. That tells you
0: everything about Victor Hugo. Yeah
1: that's the way he writes he writes incredibly detailed so
0: the first two chapters are about a priest a monsignor uh, He he's some kind of upper level priest right a catholic guy yeah catholic guy he's not like a priest he's above a priest but not a cardinal they give him a title i forgot the title i just call him the priest throughout here uh it spends chapter one and chapter two talking about his finances yeah his finances right now just to be clear this character is not a main character in the book
1: no no he figures in very briefly
0: and when i say we talk about his finances i mean we have a list mm-hmm. we have two chapters that are a list of things like on the left side rent and on the right side three hundred dollars we have lists yes Physical no list story just List yeah of his finances yeah for two fucking chapters for two yeah. two goddamn God fucking God. chapters yes of his finances
1: mm-hmm.
0: does this matter
1: no 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 plays into the story not even a bit
0: the only thing about it that plays into the story is that a whole lot of this list is he gives him gives money to a lot of charities and to a lot of poor people in the town. You can say that without spending two. J- I just said that. Right. You just you just summed it up much better than Victor Hugo could have. You could sum this up and make the person, the reader, love this person in like three paragraphs. Mm-hmm. You could make this a character you love in like three paragraphs. Instead, we get two chapters of his finances. Mm-hmm. I don't fucking care Mm -hmm. that's actually gonna be my
1: mantra throughout this book Mm -hmm. i don't fucking care that just as a warning since we're gonna read more of these types of books is a great attitude for french literature i don't fucking care i think that's gonna be my attitude for most of the books or or i'm sorry to be fair not not french literature french classical literature french french literature of this period quite frequently goes so
0: after After he spends two chapters, I'm going to
1: quote
0: what he tells us about this priest. This is a quote: two chapters of his finances. We do not claim the portrait here within presented is probable. What? (laughs) So you just made all that up? What? Yeah. What do you mean? You don't claim that it's probable? First of all first of all you spent two chapters two fucking chapters Mm -hmm. second this is fiction (laughs) you get to decide you you the author Mm -hmm. get to tell us Mm -hmm. if it's probable if it's important if it happened Mm -hmm. don't give me Two
1: chapters about what doesn't matter or is not probably. And then tell it us
0: it's probably not even going to happen. It probably never happened anyway. <laughs> you get to decide if it happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, the author,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Vicky Boy, Vicky, look at me, Vicky. <laughs> my hands are on your cheeks. Look into my eyes, <laughs> Vicky Boy. <laughs> you are the author of a fictional novel. You are God. Mm -hmm. You get to decide if it's probable Mm -hmm. and if it matters. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't matter and it's not probable that it happened anyway. Mm -hmm. You don't tell us. Mm -hmm. Please edit all of that out. Mm -hmm. All of the things that didn't happen in your fictional work,
1: right? You wrote by yourself. They can you be edited. Up. They yeah. can just be.
0: They can just be forgotten. Mm-hmm.
1: And really, this character barely figured in the story. Did we really need him? Uh, Did we need him?
0: We do need him. He. This character is actually really, really pivotal to Valjean. Now they spend way too much time on this character, but he's pivotal yeah. to the character of Valjean. Because Valjean comes in, he has literally just gotten out of prison, nobody will rent him a room at the inn, nobody will even serve him food at the inn, he's living on the street, he goes to the priest, the priest puts him up for the night, the priest's sister who lives with him and his maid are both like, no, don't let this guy in, why are you letting him live here? And the priest has given all of his money to the poor. The only thing he has kept is his silverware and the candlesticks. And he only keeps them to make the maid happy Mm -hmm. because she doesn't like this priest giving everything away all the time. So when they go to bed that night, Jean Valjean steals all of the silverware. Mm
1: -hmm. That's right. And sneaks
0: out. And then he gets arrested. The police bring him back because they recognize the silverware as being the priests. And the priest's response is, oh, my friend Valjean, did you forget the candlesticks I gave
1: you? Yes, that's right. I remember that. He's pivotal
0: because then the police leave, and when the priest gives him, I don't know if I quoted it directly. Um, I didn't quote it directly. But when he comes back, when the police bring him back, uh, the police eventually leave. And Jean Valjean is pissed. He's angry. He's angry at the The whole whole world. He has every right Right. to be. The priest, who is not upset with him at all, gives him the candlesticks and the silverware and says, "This buys your soul for God. You are now a good man. Right? Right. It's up to you what to do. Right? But God has your soul, and you're a good man. And so later he is." he is wrapped with guilt later okay. because of this because of what this priest did mm. okay. he changes his
1: entire life so because the pre okay i see it so the priest is a moral figure for him
0: more than a moral figure more of that because this isn't just hey i did this good thing for you now you got to be good this priest did something for him that no one has ever done in his life this priest showed him a kindness And this kindness makes him angry. And he has to deal with the anger of this kindness that this priest did for him. And in his anger over this kindness, he's sitting under a tree and a small boy walks by and drops his coin. And without intending to, Valjean steals this boy's only coin. In his anger at what the priest has done, done to him by giving his soul to god and forcing him to be a good person he steals from a child Mm -hmm. and he stands there in his anger for hours after the child leaves and then realizes that he's just stolen from a child and didn't even realize it and spends the rest of his portion of the story it says that every time a child from savoy comes to the town that he later goes to, he brings this child, he, he eventually goes off and becomes the mayor of a town, he becomes mm-hmm. incredibly wealthy, right. he builds that. a business that makes the town wealthy, and right. he's giving his money to the poor, right. and every time a child from Savoy comes near the town, they have, the townspeople have instructions to bring this child to him, and he gives this child money and tries to inquire about where the little boy is that he stole from. So, everything changes because he meets the priest. But it's written so poorly that you don't give a fuck about the
1: priest. Right. You don't care. You have just made all of that far more interesting than I remember Hugo banking it.
0: I made that more interesting in like 10 minutes Mm -hmm. than he did in like 15 chapters. Right. Because it's so poorly written.
1: Mm -hmm. Because Hugo has a tendency to describe every cobblestone.
0: All of them. So reading this book, I got the feeling that this was like, so oh, we yeah. read Great Gatsby. Yes. And you remember one of my critiques <laughs> of Great Gatsby? Was... <laughs> There's no detail. Yes. This has so much. This is the anti-Gatsby. This is where Gatsby is rebelling against. Right, Gatsby is rebelling against Purple Cross. But he went way too far. Fair
1: enough.
0: This is too far the other direction. Mm-hmm. There is a nice middle ground yes and i don't think that this is the middle ground between the
1: two no. this
0: is garbage
1: no this is the extreme polar opposite of gas i was already thinking yes. about that but this is this is your penance for all of the trash you poured upon. Yes.
0: yes 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 it really is so at one point while he is jean valjean is having dinner with the priest before mm-hmm. he steals from him uh he lies and tell the, tells the priest he's going to such and such town he's going to look for work in a dairy blah 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 And then Victor Hugo goes into this in-depth description of the cheeses that are made in that region. (laughs) I have never hated French cheese before.
1: Right. This book
0: has made me hate French cheese.
1: Fuck you, Hugo.
0: I love cheese. And
1: French cheese is good.
0: French cheese is delicious. I mean, for This book... Is making me
1: hate cheese.
0: Mm-hmm. At this point in the book, that's the note I wrote.
1: It make you hate cheese. Vicky, yeah.
0: you're making me hate cheese. Yeah, that's fair. Fuck you. Mm-hmm.
1: These are all fair descriptions. So, and, um... I th- and what's funny is listening to you talk reminds me of how I felt. Mm-hmm. God, it must be 12 or 13 years ago now that I tried to read this
0: so after after we get the whole discussion of valjean and the tree and the little kid and blah 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 then we move on to another main character fantine right uh fantine do you want to tell us who she is
1: uh as i recall it's been 15 years since i got very far in this novel to be fair she's a young woman living in i think in paris when we first meet her Mm -hmm. um meets a young man who as i recall gets her pregnant and then just ghosts are use very modern yes version
0: of it. so Fontine is described as being beautiful and naive she's mm-hmm. described as being very young you get the impression late teens from yeah, the description and she has a couple of not friends but a couple of other young mistresses that she's hanging out with
1: right who
0: i think he says the oldest is like 24
1: right so these are young women these are very young women they are
0: mistresses to wealthy men who in paris just want to fool around right these right. are wealthy landed men who will eventually become the gentry right right now they're just yeah.
1: out of she's place. fucking some lord
0: yeah uh so at one point uh she and these two women go with the guy that she is seeing and his two friends they go on a day trip out kind of to the countryside and there is a scene where um they're, they're walking through some garden and they see this beautiful plant and hugo tells us that it's a plant that has just arrived from india and that he doesn't know what the name of the plant is
1: okay
0: you wrote the book yes you <laughs> wrote the yes. book Make it the fuck up. give us a name yeah. you invented this name a plant mm-hmm. Na- david name a plant there you go we now have a lotus yeah, do don't write a book and tell me you don't know the name of the plant,
1: <laughs> name, the plant.
0: name the plant jason <laughs> call it christopher right. call it susan
1: son call me tim
0: <sighs> call it tim <laughs> <laughs> name your fucking plant vicky you just fucking name the plant oh
1: no yeah
0: Oh my God! That is the most exciting part of that trip. Yes, the rest of it is just these couples talking, and there's oh, and as I recall, reading it 15
1: years ago, the rest of it felt like reading a mm. Monet um, painting, early Monet
0: painting. Um, I think like
1: the river and the trees and the couples hanging out amongst the trees. You know the painting.
0: Yes, I think that uh, you're being very generous in your description. Oh, I don't think it's as good as that. I, I think a Monet painting is a much more engaging
1: thing. Oh, but I didn't mean that as a criticism of Monet. I mean, <laughs> I mean it was like trying to listen to somebody tell you <laughs> what a Monet painting
0: looks like. Oh, okay, yeah, no, no, I get that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This yeah. this was boring. Yes, it, it was It was like experiencing
1: a Monet painting through somebody's words. And Monet <laughs> is somebody you absolutely should experience firsthand, having been well, seen both... Uh, the the 29-foot-long Ibsayas Uh and then to his personal management gardens, you should experience Monet as Monet painted it and not through someone's words. You
0: really should. You absolutely should. But this was boring. This was... Dreadful. Oh, I was les misleaux reading this. Mm -hmm. So the guys take the girls to this hotel for a meal and they tell them they have a surprise, and they tell them to wait here, right. and we'll be back. And the girls wait, and like after an hour, Her, the waiter comes in and gives them a note that says that the men have left.
1: They've gone off to get married. So the surprise is the bill, and the fact no, that the No, no,
0: they paid the bill. They, oh. The men paid the bill.
1: Okay. They're Let's
0: leaving them. Now, the two older women, and by older, I mean like 22, 22 24, right. they're like, yeah, this happens. This is what happens when you fuck <laughs> around with. Rich boys, they buy you presents, and then they leave, and that's fine. Fontine has just discovered she's pregnant.
1: Right. And is devastated
0: because she thinks this man is in love with her, and he's not. And she is pregnant, and it's the 1800s, and (laughs) there can't be a single pregnant woman in the 1800s, even in France.
1: No, even in liberal France. Yes.
0: So at this point, I don't even
1: care that she's pregnant.
0: I I don't care about her. No. I I don't care about her. i don't
1: care about her even as the story goes on as i
0: recall uh it doesn't go on for her for much longer because we catch up to her the next chapters three years later right and she has come into a small town and she has a daughter who she calls cosette yeah do you remember the description of her name
1: no not really
0: Hugo goes on to tell us what her real name is, that Cosette is um, a nickname that her mother has given her, okay. and Cosette is not a French name. Cosette is a French nickname. Right. And he goes on to tell us for like four paragraphs about her real name and why her mother calls her Cosette instead of whatever the fuck her real name is, and just goes on and on and on. Vicky, honey, honey. Just <laughs> name her Cosette. Yeah, I don't need.
1: Mean-
0: just, just you yeah. wrote the book. You get to name the characters. Does he? Just, just tell us. The characters don't exist on own? Just, just tell us her name, Vicky. Yeah. You, you can stop with her name. And if this is something that was not like- a common name, that's okay too. You yeah. can just invent a fucking name. You just can. Invent it. Do you know the name Jennifer was invented? By Shakespeare, it was invented. It did not exist. Huh. Shakespeare invented a name. He
1: invented an English word even
0: queerlier. He did. Huh. He invented a name. You can do that. Just invent the name, sweetie. No. Just or tell us her name. We call her Cosette. And Her name was ever, it was whatever. Blah blah blah. Her name was, da, 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 da. but her mother calls her Cosette because she's adorable. Fine, that's like three sentences. Mm-hmm. Th- that's adorable. That's fine. You don't need paragraphs to explain why what you're telling us is a common nickname is the nickname of this child with another name that is commonly. Change to Cosette as the nickname because that's the nickname that Fontaine gives to her darling little Cosette because Cosette's real name is not Cosette, it is blah blah blah. Shut the fuck up, Vicky. Just shut up. Just sh- you're using too many words. Stop talking. yes Just, just
1: stop. Yes, this is my problem with classical French literature in general, especially yes. Victor Hugo. And I cannot wait for you to read back.
0: So, then, Fantine meets this woman who has two small children about the same age as Cosette and they chat for, like, five minutes, and then she decides that she is going to pay this woman to take her child.
1: Mm
0: At this point, she doesn't even know the woman's name. Now, I read this and all I could think was, hey, this is crazy. But you're a mother. (laughs) Take my baby. Oh my god, yes. (laughs) So she abandons her child with these people. Okay, Uh, maybe I'm being too harsh. It's the 1800s. She's a single mother. She's not going to be able to get a job, and that does factor in later. But these are fucking strangers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So of course they turn Cosette into basically a slave right? because they hate her. Mm-hmm. And throughout the whole book, Hugo tells us that she isn't as pretty as the family's biological children. So why do they hate her? She's not as pretty. Why do they hate her? That's a woman's only value in this time period. Why do you hate her so much? He doesn't tell us. No. Just that they do. Yeah. Just that they do. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yes. So uh, Fontaine goes to this small town where she used to live. She gets a job in a factory. The guy who owns it is named Madeline. Uh, he is super generous. He takes care of the poor. He's invented some new way to manufacture something or other that has revitalized the town. And because it's been revitalized crime is way down because he hires everybody and Mm -hmm. the people he doesn't hire he gives money to the poor he is this really awesome guy and And at this point we're not supposed to know it's jean valjean
1: right even Uh, though it's dead obvious this is jean valjean
0: and it's clearly jean valjean right but vicky doesn't think we know that yes he doesn't think the reader has figured that out yet so
1: well but most of the people he was writing for were inbred french nobility
0: i mean okay but
1: so most important like jean valjean turns into a good person him was criminal
0: Uh, yeah maybe so okay then we get introduced to javert javert tell us about
1: him uh from what i remember javert is a police inspector i don't remember how he comes across the case of jean valjean he may have been the cop who arrested him originally or maybe they they were together at the, the prison colony? So
0: Javert, is, he becomes the inspector for this town. Right. And he doesn't like Madeline to begin with. Yes. And he thinks that Madeline looks to him like a criminal that he knew when he was a prison guard.
1: Okay, so he was a guard at the prison camp. He
0: was briefly a guard at the prison camp. Now, the right. movie versions make it sound like... They had all of these interactions in the prison camp. In the book, it's like, yeah, he thinks this guy looks like this guy that he knew for like ten minutes, right. like twenty years ago, oh. or three years ago, I guess. Three years. It was twenty years that it took me to read this book. Right. Fair. Don't like, like it. Uh, so he doesn't like it. He's a cop. Yeah. He doesn't like it. um I mean, reading this honestly, I kind of get the feeling that uh, if Hugo is alive today, his uh, address might be 1312 A ACAB Boulevard.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, just
0: the way he describes, <sighs> but at the same time, the way he describes Javert, he literally says that Javert has no choice but to be a police officer because he was born in prison. His mother was brought to prison while he was she was pregnant with him, so he was born there. So his choices are to either be a criminal or a cop. Right. I don't know if that's a comment on the time period or if Hugo just has no imagination.
1: I think it's a little of both. Okay. I really do. I think it's like it's a commentary on the way that orphan children had the ways they had in life. And, and they come from a lower station if
0: their mother was born in prison. And right, what in the, options yeah. do you have? Okay. Yeah, but I also think yeah. it's the fact that,
1: that Hugo was not <laughs> particularly imaginative.
0: And there are points in this where you think that Javert's righteous anger is righteous, and there are other times that you feel like Hugo is telling us that Javert's righteous anger is just bullshit.
1: Right, because he's pushing... Javert so stands in, I think, in many ways for the French government. He does. And the French yes. government itself at this time period range, or ranges from being very progressive but also very murderous, the, the Jacobian period, Yeah. to being very conservative and very much like if you committed a crime, you're a criminal for life and you can't be reformed. Yeah.
0: So he doesn't like madeline because he thinks madeline looks like this other guy right okay. blah 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 uh fontaine gets there and throughout my notes i keep calling her fanta <laughs> because i kept forgetting her name and my my app would just auto corrupt to fanta yeah, sure. yeah. so okay, as i'm going through my notes here occasionally i'm gonna call her fanta because that's what she is right here um <laughs> she gets a job and in the factory Mm -hmm. now there's a couple of different versions of this in the movies in the book what happens is uh madeline never meets her he has a men's section and a women's section of the factory and the women's section he puts a woman in in charge who does all of the hiring for the women's section right and he has someone in charge of the men's section from the way it sounds he's not really involved in day-to-day operations right
1: this is a pretty common thing yeah. at the time in fact that's
0: a pretty common thing now how often does the owner of the factory know your name
1: right but at the time it was common to so, have that separation of a,
0: right right yeah. and none of that's the problem so right. he puts this woman in charge but the problem is she's a gossipy little bitch. right she finds out that Fontaine is a single mother which of course means she's a whore Right. Whore. Whore! Whore. Whore! We do not like whores! So she fires her. Right. Fantine finally has some money coming in. She's sending it home to her daughter. She's making plans to bring her daughter to live with her, and she gets fired by this gossipy bitch. Yeah. So, she thinks that Madeline has fired her, mm-hmm. and she develops a grudge against him. She has to sell all of her furniture. She decides to sell her hair, which throughout the whole book is described as gorgeous blonde hair. Right. Which, by the way, all the actresses in the movies all seem to be brunettes. Yeah. But she is described as having gorgeous blonde hair throughout the whole book right. and beautiful white teeth. She also has to have her teeth pulled and sell those. Mm-hmm. So now she is toothless and has incredibly short hair and has to start prostituting herself to get any money at all to even live on. The people who have her kid are sending her demands for more money, making up claims about how her daughter is sick when she's not. And she is prostituting herself and she has been lowered down to... And honestly, the the uh, description of her as being becoming a prostitute... Um, I, I have it here. Let me, uh, no, it's not that one. Um, (laughs) What is the history of Fantine? It is society purchasing a slave from whom from misery, from hunger, cold, isolation, destitution, a dolorous bargain, a soul for a morsel of bread, Misery offers, society accepts. The sacred law of Jesus Christ governs our civilization, but he does not as yet permeate it. It is said that slavery has disappeared from European civilization. This is a mistake, it still exists, but it weighs only upon the woman and it is called prostitution.
1: That feels
0: like a very early socialist passage. It is extremely socialist and extremely feminist. Yes. I, I mean, most of it it's like, okay, fine, whatever, fine, whatever. But then you say, yeah, slavery has disappeared from European civilization. Blah, blah. This is a mistake. It still exists, but it weighs only upon the woman. And it is called prostitution. He isn't judging her for being a prostitute. No, He is judging society for forcing a woman to become, not become a prostitute because prostitution is bad, but you are forcing this woman to be, at this point in the book, homeless and freezing. Desperate to care for her child. The only thing left is to lower herself to the point where the high society men fuck her, throw money at her, and then make fun of her in the streets. Because the next scene, a man who has paid her for sex repeatedly is verbally abusing her in the street. And when she fights back, she's arrested. That could be amazingly written.
1: Yes, it's just not.
0: And it's not.
1: No. It's not. No, he, he belabors points, he beats yes. him to death. And so quite frankly, I think we can skip this with, so there figures who Jean Valjean is, persecutes him, chases him from that town. Yes, and
0: Fantine dies. And Fantine so dies. before she dies, yes. uh, she gets arrested uh he pays for her to get out that, that she, she dies
1: yeah and
0: on his travels
1: away from javert oh they're so boring and they're so long jean valjean comes across by happenstance by random happenstance the tavern <sighs> where, where fontaine's daughter is being raised before
0: we get to that yeah there is a passage okay that is Two chapters long.
1: We're talking about the Battle of Waterloo.
0: Um, It is incredibly detailed. Mm -hmm. So at this point in the book, I already hate French cheese, which is sad because I love cheese. Then he starts going into the Battle of Waterloo, which happened. This is the section of the book titled Cosette. Yes. Starts with the Battle of Waterloo. Mm -hmm. That happened like 20 years before she was born. He spends, like, two chapters discussing, uh, discussing what they ate for breakfast. Yeah. Discussing Napoleon's breakfast at mm-hmm. Waterloo. Mm-hmm. It I is so it. boring that I hate the Battle of Waterloo now. And what was the purpose of this whole two chapters? I love history. Mm-hmm. I think War history is fascinating. Battles in history like Waterloo are fascinating to read about until Victor Hugo writes them.
1: Yeah. And there's a point to that entire two chapter section that he doesn't read. The entire
0: point is the last two paragraphs of those two chapters. And it's simply that there's a guy who's picking the pockets of the dead men after the battle and it turns out he is the guy who is now taking care of Cosette. Right.
1: He's Cosette's adopted step <coughs>
0: right. Father, foster. foster father, whatever.
1: Right, whatever you want to call him. Garbage In in the, the colloquy of the musical itself, he's the master of the house. Yes.
0: And it's the asshole, as is his wife. Uh so we're almost an hour in. Yeah, and we're not now, even
1: halfway through
0: i didn't finish the book i only got halfway through the book so i think what we're gonna do is we are gonna leave the story here and we're gonna leave our listeners wanting more Unlike
1: Victor Hugo, you know. <laughs> yeah. Lisa's leaves his listeners wanting less, lots
0: less. So this is only like twenty five percent of the book.
1: So I work, and it's funny. I recall this now. When I first read this book on Kindle or whatever years ago, it was fifteen hundred pages. Oh. Yeah. And I made it like seven hundred pages in. Oh. This is a book that could be three hundred and fifty. Yeah.
0: So okay. One more thing. At the very, very end. Yeah. The very, very end of that whole section. Mm-hmm. Whole section. You get introduced to the guy, I don't even remember his name, who we now realize is the foster father of Cosette. It says that Jean has been arrested, but they're not going to tell us. We're going to pass rapidly over the details. What?
1: <laughs> now we're passing rapidly over the
0: details. Wait, wait, wait You just you two fucking chapters telling us in boring detail about the Battle of Waterloo and you're going to pass over the details of the main character of the book being arrested? Yes. What? Yes. What? Yes. Why? What? Because this is Victor motherfucking Hugo. No! No! The, the details <laughs> you pass over are what Napoleon ate for breakfast! He's not a character in the book! Tell us! You don't want to know that he had that great earth hard I don't care about his oofs! don't care about his oofs <laughs> fuck his oofs <laughs> fuck All right. napoleon's oofs so we're never yes. going to finish the story but
1: we should definitely come back later and talk about this oh,
0: we will come back and finish the last part of what i read
1: mm-hmm. which is not <laughs> we're going to have book. to make this yeah a part two but it should be club at least what we talked about oh yes part. let's
0: club this book go ahead um so this one i think that we need to shove it into a cannon mm-hmm. and Shoot it into the Battle of Waterloo <laughs> until it hits Victor
1: Hugo in the head uh-huh, uh-huh.
0: and he dies and never writes again.
1: You know, I would give this one a very, very solid and arguable five. This is
0: absolutely going okay, yeah. to
1: be beaten to death.
0: Yes, it should. Yeah. This this needs to be clubbed with a cannon. Yeah. Can we club it with a cannon yes, at can. the Battle of Waterloo Yes. with cheese? Yes, with cheese. Can we just have some cheese? Let's go have some cheese. I want some brie.
1: Have a good night. Oh, go get some brie, guys.